1: Find yourself sitting on the sidelines just a pew warmer on Sundays? Well, you're pretty much wasting your life, if you are. The challenge to not waste that life, coming up next. Here in the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul is really quite amazed at the church at Philippi. He's impressed by who they are, and he reminds them of who they are and how not to waste their life. The admonition is clear for you and I as well. Don't waste your life. You've got a life that you can live for Christ, and that's amazing. Take advantage of it. Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today, as we are encouraged not to waste our life.
2: What would show uh, boys and girls, men and women, that I treasure Christ, that I'm not using my body as a seductive instrument, but my body will be used to magnify Christ. That's for me to live is Christ. This week I had a a little situation. It's it's minute. It was a 27-cent problem. But uh, I went to a gas station, and I, I got the pump. To put it in. Before I even got in the tank, it rung up 27 cents. Well, that just ticked me off. But man, I haven't even squeezed it yet. and uh, So I go to tell the guy, no, you owe me 27 cents. I gave you $20. So I was going to fill it up. I said, well, I, I want it, but you already rung. I haven't even done it. He, and then the guy went on to talk to us. And then I went back out, tried to get it going. And it wouldn't go. And I had a beep, 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 beep. I owe you owe me twenty-seven cents. I went back in. I said, "Give me nineteen dollars and so much change back, and I'm not coming back." And the place was filled with people. I had every right to do that. I was ticked. And how many of you resonate with my spirit right now? <laughs> yes, I knew it. You're guilty. So, what in the world, trying to? And I told him, I said, if I'm going to steal something, I'm not going to come down here and steal 27 cents worth of gas. I'm going to bomb the tank. You know, let's make it count. Come on, 27 cents, loosen up. No, he wouldn't. I said, give me my money. And he finally gave me the $20 bill. And I said, and I will not be back. Come to Valley Bible next week. You need Jesus. You ought to meet my Savior. He makes you happy. He gives you joy. Now, I think I was right. But it was not good advertisement for God. I lost an influence over a $20 bill. We're over 27 cents. But I felt good as I walked back. Don't mess with the Bishop of Hercules. Don't mess. And then God said, did you glorify me? Lord, why did you bring that up? They saw Jesus. Jesus cleansed the temple. Yeah, but he didn't cleanse the gas station. You know, so I got my way. I think I was right on an issue, but I didn't do it the way I think he could have been advertised. How I could have magnified. How I could have shown his wonder, his gentleness, his mercy. It's too convicting. I must move. You love it when I'm guilty. (laughs) Two, I will spend my life in fruitful labor. Verse 22. For me to live is, for Christ, is fruitful labor. Carol and I had uh, a meal with a 91-year-old woman at Mount Hermon. This last week, week before last. Evelyn sat there with her granddaughter she got the granddaughter when she was a 54-year-old woman because her daughter became an alcoholic and eventually died in her early 30s. This young girl, who's now a young mother, grandma here saying, I raised her, got her when she was uh, less than two months old because my daughter was unfit. And... Uh, I said, well, what are you doing with yourself these days? He said, oh, I, I do a, a local radio broadcast. I said, oh, wait, wait, 91, you do a what? I do a local radio broadcast. What, doing what? I reach children with story times here in this valley. I have a local uh, broadcast. You see, I've been trying to reach children for Jesus for over 70 years. For me to live is fruitful service. To make Christ known. Children are dying without a savior. You are being seduced with a thousand vices. And God's church. Where are those saying for me to live is Christ? I want to magnify him. And I want to serve him by telling people, you must meet a delightful God like I know. I call him Father, and I call Jesus my elder brother. Why don't you come to know him? Living for me is fruitful service, not finding out if I can get retired and sit around and count my money for the rest of my life. Read an article in Reader's Digest, February of 1998. It tells of a couple... Who took early retirement from the Northeast? He was 59. She was 51. They now live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise their 30-foot trawler, play softball and collect shells. The American dream has been fulfilled. Isn't that what you're, Some of you have already put your mind there. You see yourself on the beach collecting. Uh-huh. What a myth! Wasting your retirement years collecting seashells, and then you all of a sudden you die, and you come before God, and God says, "What did you do with your life?" You say, "Well, uh, I worked all my life to get this trawler, and then in my years where I could have given so much to young people by influence." I made a baseball team. By the way, I play left field. And by the way, are you impressed, Lord? I got a bag full of shells I wanted to give you. This is what the American dream for an intelligent couple encompassed. To stand for your, before your maker. I didn't have time for Jesus. I didn't have time for things divine. I didn't have time to tell people the wonderful love of Christ that would save them. But I spent all my years collecting shells. And dreaming of not having to work. What a wasted life. I'll tell you another way people are wasting their lives big time. It's called the American entertainment television. Listen to Neil Postman who wrote a book on entertaining ourselves to death. He wrote this. What is happening in America is that television is transforming all serious public business into junk. TV disdains exposition, which is serious, sequential, rational, and complex. It offers instead a mode of discourse in which everything is accessible, simplistic, concrete and above all entertaining. it's why church services on TV don't usually work too well because the audience wants entertainment. As a result, America is the worst of the world 's first culture in jeopardy of amusing itself to death. And many of you are wasting some of your best hours and your life doing nothing but watching stupidity that Hollywood seeks to keep producing. It gets more banal every year. Empty of content, empty of value, empty of morals, empty of God, not just empty of God, they are God-haters. They will tell you that. They've chosen money, sex, and shaping this culture over God a long time ago. Hollywood will burn quickest. It's a wicked institution. It hates our God. It hates our gospel. It hates what we're about. It hates the biblical morals. And yet, we are being shaped constantly by its influence. Self-imposed, you invited. It's the wasting of your life that is so critical. When the average businessman cannot spend two minutes a day with his child. When marriages are falling apart from just uh, Steve Warner, an old country singer, says, it's not what you did, it's what you didn't do. You didn't tell me you loved me. You didn't tell me you cared. You didn't show up. You didn't make the party. You didn't have time for the kids. You didn't have time to spend as much time with your wife as the office secretary. It's not what you did, it's what you didn't do. And when we finally get together as families for meaningful conversation, we turn on a blasted invader because we'd be afraid to know our grandchildren. We'd be afraid to have games to show them how to use a tool, show them, take a little walk. Oh, you know what? I grew up here since the last 20 some odd years in Rodale. You know what I did with my kids? Money was lean. Times were lean. It was the best of times. Oh, no, I don't want to go there. That's Dickens. But little walks along a dirty old creek where a few mallards would fly into, ducks, the walks, the talking. I was with my granddaughter the other night just to go to Starbucks and nearly die on their stuff. But what was meaningful to me, I had an evening with someone I dearly loved. We could have watched TV, but there was nothing on TV as valuable has two hours with that young lady. We're wasting our lives on a thousand different pursuits. And Paul says, for me to live is Christ. I will die for him. I will live for him. There is nothing, there is no experience out there greater than this knowing Christ. I was talking with a couple last night as we had dinner got a few years on me and they grew up around church and some of the circles that I'm acquainted with. And oh, we sat around here talking about, oh, you remember those meetings. You remember those experiences. You remember those services. I, if I get with people who were at Holy Ghost Hall with us, if I give those Fernandes kids and those who knew that era, sometimes uh, one of the young people, they'll talk, Do you remember the prayer meetings? Do you remember how we sang? You, what is it? We found a joy in God, sins forgiven, no drugs in our vein. Christ was our consuming passion. Oh, he never gets old, he never gets dull. It's us. We feed on those things that dent our appetite for him. He finally says, for me to live is to help you make progress in your faith and to enjoy God. You see that? Look there, verse 25. If I stay on, it will be for your progress and joy in the faith. You know what? Living for God's always been difficult in a culture that doesn't know him. And this word progress means, it was used of a machete and cutting out a pathway in thick foliage. It was progress under difficulty. It was a tough word. And he says, I want to hang around to help you make progress. I want to help you get through this. You know what, if you're a Christian, you've got gray hair, and you've been around a while, you are immensely valuable to a Christian that just gets saved They don't know what to do with their body. They don't know what to do with their money. They don't know what to do with their time. Why don't you come alongside, have them over after church, and encourage them how they can make progress. And I also, he said, I want to hang around so I can increase your joy. Nobody can give you joy but the Lord. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But let me tell you some things. It's wonderful to be around joyful Christians. Christians delighting in God. Listen to the biblical commands about joy. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight. Just, he's your joy. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Do you get nervous when Christians are happy? Well, boys, a little fanatical church. They seem happy. I'm used to where they're all miserable. Rejoice. Delight. Delight yourself in God. Listen to this. Sing for joy in the Lord, O oh you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Sing for joy. Well, you know what? some of you don't sing? You don't have any joy. You lost your song and you lost your joy because you're not walking with God or you don't know God or you get the kind of religion that is void of God. You, you don't have a right to sing because the Lord is still there. You're just going through a religious ritual. You're just keeping the duties. You've never discovered the delight of knowing God. The church is full of people just like you and I that their favorite anthem is keep it quiet. Let us be in order. Well, everything at the cemetery is in order. It's among the living you get a little rambunctious. Because some of you, your face looks like the introduction to the book of Lamentations. <laughs> because the joy's gone. You're not delighting in God. Come and meet my Jesus. He's kind of wonderful. <laughs> if the Giants aren't playing, come to church. You got a pastor who goes along, talks about God, but oh, I hope the game goes into overtime. I want God under time, I want recreation overtime. I'm not mad at anybody, I'm just telling you the truth. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with madness, oh, I mean gladness. Come before him with a sour song. 101? No, with joyful singing. Deuteronomy warns you that if you don't serve God with gladness, he'll turn you over to your enemies. Deuteronomy 28, 47 says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of all things, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. John Piper's father was an evangelist back in the Carolinas, Virginia area. Old Southern Baptist preacher. And John said he's full of a thousand stories of conversions he saw. And, knew. and he said, of all the stories, the one that stayed with him the longest is the story of a man in a town that was the, the town crank. Uh, never was touched for years. Man getting on in years. Uh, you know, he was the prayer project of a small town. Would be wonderful to see him say, but he was cranky. He was old. Uh, no possibility he'd ever come to Christ. It seemed. Uh, But when Brother Piper was holding these meetings, for some reason, the old man came. And he heard that God loved him. Heard that God was offering him Jesus Christ as a free gift to save him and forgive him of all of his sins. And to give him the assurance that he's going to heaven. And would you believe after that service, that old man went to the preacher and said, I want to receive him. And so, Brother Piper sat down in the front pew in an old country church and began to unfold how wonderful Jesus was to this man. And as the old man wept and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed, which often happens when the weight of sin is falling off of you, he finally broke out. I've wasted so many years. I've wasted so many years. I've wasted so many years. We used to sing an old song. Wasted years, wasted years. Oh, how foolish. As you travel along. Turn around, turn around. God is calling. Calling you from a life of wasted years. If you could only see how wonderful Jesus is today. You can enter and leave a life of death and darkness and hopelessness to a life of the most precious treasure in all the world. You can say, I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior. He forgave me, and now I have the treasure for which my soul has hungered. I knew not what it was, but it was Christ I needed all this time. You might be here today. And you're running quickly towards the grave and eternity. And all you've got to offer God is a bunch of seashells. Maybe a bunch of toys that are named different things. Money, fame, achievement. But you're going to die. And you're going to face him. And he's not impressed with any of those things. He's going to say, what did you do with my son? What did you do with the Lord Jesus Christ? I ask you. Have you ever received Christ by faith and say, I take you, Christ, to be my Savior? I put my trust in you. This is what God's offering you this morning. If you just trust Christ, he'll give you a brand new life, abundant life. I want to pray for you. And let us just bow our head and wait on the Lord. Ministry team can come. Our Father, uh, how many are among us today? eating, drinking, sleeping, getting up, starting another day, the endless routine of physical life. But they don't know that Christ has not become their life. Christ has not been received in their heart by simply trusting in him, believing he died for their sins and rose again. And that he will save them. Deliver them from futility and emptiness and longing. He will fulfill like none other can. If there are any among us that your spirit is drawing. That your spirit is showing them they need Jesus Christ. I pray save them. Reveal yourself to them today. I pray for believers who have lost the joy of the Lord who serving God is no longer a delight, but just a duty. They've lost the first love. They're handing out roses to God because it's duty. They've got over the wonder of love, the wonder of uh, being head over heels in love with this person, Christ. Revive this church. Take out its staleness. Take out its oldness own this old wine as it were that we need new wine take away a cranky spirit from any of the believers maybe start thinking about give me back my joy lord give me back what david said restore to me the joy of my salvation sin has buried it i want to get back i want to get back i ask you father deal with hearts today may they repent May that Christian cry out. A fresh touch is what I need from you, Lord. I need you to rekindle in me the flame. We are running towards him. Our Father, we do not want to run in vain, nor live in vain, nor to pour our life in things that are wood, hay, and stubble. We have people here that I'm sure have lost the joy of the Lord. Some probably don't even know him. You know the heart, Lord, that cannot say for me to live is Christ. It's been themselves. It's been their pleasures, their priorities. Would you please forgive us, Lord, for such uh, messed up priorities and such bargaining over who we'll give our best to as though it's really that great. I think a more searching question. How many of you believers have lost your joy and uh, do not serve God out of delight, but only out of duty because you have uh, ceased to live because of Christ? And you say, I want, I want God to touch my life again. I want to rediscover the joy I lost. Anybody here? That I want my joy back. You can have it. If you thirst for it, you can never get it not being thirsty. And only God can make you thirsty. It may take pain. It may take a funeral. It may take uh, the end of health. It may be loss for you to show that everything you've staked your life on is vanishing. Only Christ will last. One life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last.
1: 9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. what we believe worship times directions and the like again truth for today or again simply call 855 833 9864 would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support